please subscribe, hit that like button, and as always, leave a comment, and thank you for enjoying the video. Shot to right, slicing toward the pesky pole, down the line, and it's going to be out of here! Line down the right field line toward the pesky pole, leaping up, and that ball is gone! That's a home run! They're brought of our Nesson team as well. High fly down the right field line, headed toward the pesky pole, that one tucked in, and that ball is going to be against the wall and into second base. Number retired, and now Rafael Devers trying to retire that baseball inside the pesky pole. Welcome to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. I am back being your host, The Rit. With me, like always, who did a superb job last week. George, I want to sit there and say thank you for holding down the fort last week. That last weekend, those three or four days were possibly some of the worst I've been through for quite some time being sick. But George, thank you. How the hell are you, my man? I'm doing fine. Uh, just glad you're doing okay. Team effort, brother. You know that. Uh, yeah. But yeah but glad you're doing better because uh, yeah, you were definitely down for the count. So, man, I can't, I can't wait for this. Uh, you know the, what we're gonna be talking about. Uh, not a lot of Red Sox news, as in additions oh. and stuff. But, dude, watching some videos, it's about spring training down there. It kind of makes the whole thing go away. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, some really happy thoughts, happy places. And just getting back to watching these guys and watching these kids, you know, get mm -hmm. back to work and putting in the time. What are you thinking? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was watching some video, was it uh, Wednesday, and they were doing PFPs. I'm like, dude, I'm excited about this. I actually get to see a baseball get thrown someplace. Yeah, it's been a long, it's been a really long time. So yeah, I'm you know I'm excited, kind of you know see what they're all about, see if they're going to do anything else, do anything you know while spring training is going on, and uh, in general just you know I'm going to be really interested in see what I what I see when they start throwing, uh, you know in live games in spring training. You know I want to see yes, what, it, what the what, what Andrew Bailey is bringing to the to the table. So. And and that is just moments, uh, you know, less than a week away. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't, I can't wait for ourselves. Uh, let, let's sit there and play this quick 16-second clip, you know, with the guys over at some spring training. You know, just, just just watching the boys there. You know what I mean? Kind, yep. get, kind of just there and, you know, put things into perspective, getting the mechanics, getting back in motion. But, uh, George, you know, before we get into spring training, let's back up a little bit. Did you get a chance to check out the thing that was on MLB TV? And that's not a cheap plug for you guys. Uh, with, uh, with Trevor Story. And, I did. You know, he, he held a little camp there. I was surprised about the about the talent that you know showed up there. Uh, you know, what did you think about the about the little? It's like a seven minute video. You know, I got to really know some of the kids. Yeah, it was it, it was 
I thought it, it showed a lot about whose story is. I mean, you know, right off the bat, he gave credit uh, to wanting to do here what uh, Tulowitzki did for him and the younger players in the Colorado system when he was coming up. Uh, exactly. you know, he thanked Tulo at least a half a dozen times in that video. Um, and then, you know, to see him interact with the younger players and, you know, it, it just kind of like, you know, it, he was trying to lead them, but at the same time, you know, very understated, you know, uh, talked about, you know, especially when he was working with Grissom, you know, he's probably going to be a se his second base partner. And, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like that, you know, easy interaction that, that went along with it. And then, you know, when he talked to York about, you know, hey, have you talked to Petey before? Exactly. And, you know, th that whole thing. And it was nice to see Hamilton included in that because, you know, God knows the kid can run, you know, you know, and mm -hmm. be, is absolutely incredibly fast. You know, his defense is supposedly okay. The big thing with him is can he hit? Uh, but I, it was nice to see him included in that. Um, and then, you know, to see the big dog over at first base, you know, I mean, he looks entirely different. The baby face is gone. He's got the full beard now. Um, you know, that mm -hmm. was that's pretty cool. And then you know, you then do the stuff off the off the field. They went and played golf. They you know they they shot the basketball around. You know, that's bringing guys together. And and I think that that's key. You know, they don't have Turner anymore. You know, who's kind of, you know kind of like the head man in the clubhouse, and rightfully so. He had the most service time. But I think. You know, two things this accomplishes. One story is um, it's finding his way to give back. This is the third year of his his contract. The first two mm -hmm. have not done well. You know, sporadic, you know, signs of goodness in the first year. He was out most of the season and came back and resurrected the defense in the second half of the season here. But, you know, he, he wants to put a, a full campaign together and show that he does have value. And one of the ways he does yeah. that is, that, hey, you young guys – this is what it takes to be a pro. Learn from me. Your your time will come. I thought you know I, I thought it was well done. And for sort of seven minute video, it was like wow that 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 it was like wow that went by quick. So yeah, uh, I I loved how you know like you said with Yorkie, you know mm -hmm. coming in there and you know he's he's our second baseman, uh, you know, and but now he's kind of got Grissom there blocking him. In a, in a way, but it also kind of, you, you kind of get that, you know, getting to know each other, get, get right. a combination flow that shortstop and second base, they have to, you know, know each other very, very well. Uh, for years, you know, when Xander first came up when he was young, him and Petey were worked very well together. You know, the, it's like you take your, your half the diamond, I take my half the diamond and, you know, we'll, we'll cover everything in between. Uh, I, I, I seen how he was working with Grissom a lot mm -hmm. and, and giving give him great advice. You know, Casas, Casas seems to me like he doesn't care where he's at. He just wants to play ball. He, he showed up the, the rookie camp. Yep. You know, he, he played uh, in, in the fall leagues. He, he's been doing personal training, you know, by himself. He go, he's went to Trevor Story's camp. So it just shows to me that he, that he wants to be the complete all-around player that he needs to be for this team and for the future. You know, uh, a, a lot of people, George, looking on paper, 
Okay, let's 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 look at and break down a little bit real quick. Last year's team versus our, this year's team, and we're we're, we're going to go around the around the you know the bases and kind of like a fair or foul segment where do do you think we improved from last year? So Connor Wong behind the plate last year, Connor Wong behind the plate this year, but we had different people calling like Feebles ain't there now. You know, we have a different coaching staff in place. So do you think that's an upgrade where, you know, they can sit there and, and work a little bit better with him behind the plate than last year? Because last year when McGuire went down and we, you know, we had Alfaro there and, you know, some of the, the lack of defensiveness, you know, what, what do you think of catcher? I, I think catcher, <clears throat> I, I think you're, I think you're okay. I mean, Connor Wong is a is a good defensive catcher, no doubt about it. He can hit. He's built like an infielder, not a catcher. Okay, mm-hmm. and the other thing is he can run. I mean, and really run, not like run like a catcher. You know, he's got some decent speed. Um, you know, I think anytime you have Jason Viveratek sitting in the dugout, whoever the catcher is benefits from that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is they suddenly have um, some good quality backup that has some major league service time in the minors, right? So, you know, they, they have that to fall back on. You you know my feeling on our current backup catcher. Um, you know, as you know, excited I was to see what Alfaro could do, which was nothing. It's time <clears throat> it's it's time for McGuire to go. They just need somebody to, to back him up. But um, I, I think for now, knowing the teal's coming, if not next year, not the end of this year, but certainly next year. Connor Wong is your guy, and mm-hmm. you know, as, as a as an everyday catcher, he's not going to kill you. He's you know, he's just not going to be in the top of the league either. So I'm okay with it because I yeah. think Bailey's going to help him too. Yeah, you know? if you if you can work on your pitching, if you can work on your defense, mm-hmm. you can work on uh, work with your catcher to frame the ball better. It, all of a sudden, that makes you know, the game a little bit easier for you. So uh, I'm going to sit there and agree with you. I'm going to we're say push mm-hmm. at catcher, you know, yeah. not, not, not a worse, but you know, a slight possibility to be better. So Tristan Casas first base. So he's got a, he's got a full year under his belt now, George, you know, and he's, he's showed what he could do in the second half with his bat. But the defense, did he did he put in enough work and you know for us to actually say it's gonna be an uptick this year? That's the big thing. I mean you always worry about second year players. Uh do they go into you know the so-called sophomore slump? Mm-hmm. I don't see it with him. I think for, for particularly at the plate, you know, he did his best imitation of PD, you know, a rough first six weeks of the season and then get shot out of the cannon. You're right. Where he needs work is at first base. He certainly showed that he's working out and he's doing He's getting his body ready. The big thing is, you know, what have the Red Sox done with him with respect to his footwork around the bag? The one thing that used to just drive me crazy was getting off the bag. Okay. The throw, you think the throw is going to go by you and God knows he had enough time last year to see those with Kike at short, mm-hmm. get off the bag, 
Okay. Don't let it get behind you if it can possibly help because runners advance on stuff like that. If he starts to improve in, the, in that, and, you know, he's a work in progress, you know, you know, I think he'll become a, an average defensive first baseman. Right now, I put him just a little bit below average, but, you know, all on the whole, I think, he, you know, he, he slightly improves this season um, or in his overall play. He'll probably hit more bombs this year and mm-hmm. have more opportunity to drive in runs as well. So, yeah, uh, Cora already said that he, he's going to let him go against uh, lefties and righties. Mm-hmm. That, you know, so it, we're, we're going to sit there and see. It's it's make or break for him. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to I'm going to save this season. We're, we're going to have a slight uptick at first base production. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at. I, I honestly think with a better defensive play around around the infield, it's going to be less time for Casas to have to think. And I think yes. that might be – I think his baseball uh, memory and mm-hmm. his – you know, I think that's his problem where he doesn't re- remember certain things and, he, and he's a little bit slower behind doing so. So I honestly think that Casas, with Trevor Story being there the full season and running that infield the way it should be, I, I think we're going to see something different. And, you know, I can't wait till we talk about Trevor's story because I don't think it's just going to be Casas he helps out. But I think it's the, the man that was right also where he keeps his head in the game, kind of like Xander used to, you know, yeah. forget forget about the last play. We're on the next play. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, George, let's go to second base. Now, last year we had, you know, a plethora. We had Reyes at some times. We had Valdez at some time. Uh, we had Urias for some time. Yep. Uh, you know, Kike played we, a couple of games. Kike played a couple. Of played games. a couple of games. It was like a revolving door over there. Yeah. So now this year, we we got it down to, in my opinion, it's either Von Grissom or it's Reyes, a hundred percent second base. So instead of having to worry about who, it's hard to get a rhythm. You know, when every three, two to three days, we're having somebody switch over. So what are your thoughts around the horn, Von Grissom and possibly Reyes, maybe even Valdez mm-hmm. compared to last year's, you know, rotation? Grissom is an athlete, okay? Um, they thought he projected as a shortstop in Atlanta. He really didn't. Um, they think he'll be a better second baseman. Most mm-hmm. of the experts you talk to think that he's probably a second baseman moving forward in his career, uh, perhaps even an outfielder at some point. Uh, there's been some talk of third base as well. Given his athletic ability and given the fact that he's already decided that you know he's going to go all out to prove that Boston did the right thing to come here. He goes to Story's camp. Story works with him. I think you'll benefit from that. I think over, your overall second base play should get better, okay? Because it was it was a revolving door. I mean, my God, it was horrible. Um, you know, the, I, mean, I think you know if he doesn't 
you know, if he sputters a little bit, um, you know, I think you'll start, you'll, you'll see Reyes over there and that's fine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Defensively, uh, Reyes Von, is <laughs> Yeah. Well, Von Grissom has three, uh, times he been sent down to the minor three options. Right. He's got three so, options. You know, you know, so he's, he's good. Uh, I, I honestly don't even think we should even have him start an MLB. You know, start on the on, on the roster for the opening day. Let him get let him get the at bats down there. Let him get some reps. You know, let him get consistency down there, triple A, and then bring him up. Like that would be my theory that I would want to do. Mm -hmm. But you know, so let's go to uh, let's go to over to Trevor's story. We had we had Kike last year, and then you know what story was back his. A bat will always take longer coming yeah. off the IL to come back to you yeah. over your uh, your glove. Mm -hmm. And his glove was there, and we needed it desperately. So that's where I'm – he's going to be the leader of the infield. He's going to – you know, he's going to command respect. And now this is where he's going to be shown, okay, you paid me this money. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring these guys together. I'm going to bring this young core up with me mm -hmm. and we're going to get better together. If they can get better defensively over last year in the infield where a lot of errors happen, you know, that whole, that whole side where their shortstop their base was, was horrendous. Oh, so yeah. if, if he can, if he can help, you know, Devers, you were, you worry about closer to third. I've got this area. Right. You know what I mean? Like, then Devers doesn't have to worry about rushing up and doing those stupid plays. Oh, I'll barehand it. No. No. Glove it. You know, glove it, chest, boom, out. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I see Trevor Story said it in the, in the video uh, at his camp many, many times. Stay low. Mm -hmm. like, w w like, when you transfer the ball, you stay down there. And then you, you know, you whip it over. You don't have to, uh, that way you, the ball rises up, gives Casas a little bit easier target to know which mm -hmm. way it's coming. And, and all, that's how you start winning games. You get a nice flow like that. So I think definitely our shortstop upgraded last year. Uh, Trevor Story, I'm saying comeback player of the year, 2020. He's going to mm -hmm. get 20 runs, 20 steals, I'm saying, you yep. know. So George, what are your thoughts? Uh, is it improvement at second base, or I mean, at shortstop? Yes. And first, I want to apologize to all of the listeners out there and my readers who heard me say last year that Kike Hernandez was going to be fine at shortstop. I humbly apologize for that. I was horribly wrong. Uh, no, Trevor Story is a great defensive shortstop. Okay, uh, proved that time and time again when he played for Colorado. He proved it as soon as he stepped on the field. We get back. I'm, I'm, the defense got 100% better when he when he took there. You're right. He's going to help Devers. Devers will probably have five feet less to range. Okay, that's huge. Mm -hmm. All right, that means he you know he's got a narrow window to go. He can concentrate on that. All right. Nobody's ever. We'll get to him in a little bit. But that that's going to help. The other thing is, you know that when Trevor Story throws the ball, he's going to hit. Tristan Casas in the chest. So he's not going to have to go stretching his mm -hmm. big frame all over the place to try to get the ball. 
he, you know, he knows how to turn the double play. He's good. Whoever's playing second base, he will make him better because mm -hmm. for the season he played second base for us, you know, he learned a new position. So you know, he's got that mindset in him that says, look, I'll help the guy next to me on both and, sides. And he, and he had Pedroia helping him convert to second base. Right. Who else, who else would you rather have to learn, you know, second no. base than from him? No, I mean, and, and, and He's not. He's not too proud to ask either. And you saw. You, you saw that when I mentioned earlier when he talked to you. Okay, if you talked to Petey, you know, that's that's huge. And yeah, he d offensively, you know, he did. He didn't come until very late in the season last year, and you know, he really didn't get any at bats. And you you come up when you're playing the minors coming up. You're just trying to get some kind of timing. And he mm -hmm. rushed himself. He probably could have used another couple of weeks in the minors to get his bat timing down, but. They were trying to stay in it, and he was just trying to get back. Oh, but, but but he was crushing the ball down there in the minors. Oh yeah. Like, so it was you know, and and he was down. I honestly think that that because he was in Portland, that, that they should have gave him a, a week or two up, up in uh for the trip away team. Right. You know. Well, I it, think they were trying to keep him close. Okay, to see how he was reacting. I forget what the schedule was. I think the reason why he ended up started in Portland was because um, uh, Worcester was out of town. And I think the, the brass wanted to see what he was looking at. Oh, well, at. yeah. Uh, Worcester was out of town because they were down playing Scranton at the time. I know that. Yeah, you can see. There you go. And, 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 and we yeah, had so three you thought, people. You thought they were comedy. You're all excited. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had three people uh, on, on the IL doing rehab assignments there. Christian Arroyo was down there. Um, Someone else. Was Chang down there too at the same time? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yu Chang was down there, and yeah. then there was a pitcher down there too. So it, it was it was kind of hard, you know. So, but so far we've got a push at the catcher. I said slight uptick at first base. You said push. Second base, we both went uh, up. Yep. Shortstop, we both said up. Now let's go to the, let's go over to the the third base. I've already been on record to stay. Gotta sit, gotta stick with it. Now gotta ride or die. Devers is on for an AL MVP type performance. I honestly think this will be. He's not batting second this year. I think they're gonna move him back to third. Give him a little protection. Give him a, a, a little more people on base too. Mm -hmm. So Devers and my issue and. Talking to Steve Ferrari, you know, talking to Mike Carista and stuff. Devers needs to learn how to know his new role and be more selective at the pitches that he that he does get. Make him go into a, a two strike count, and okay, now bring him in. You know, he's too much of a liability on two strikes. Yes. You know, I I I used to remember I used to love watching like Uke. Yuki, I remember Yuki doing a 19 pitch at bat, you know, and and, and he's like, nope, gonna wear you down, nope, gonna wear you down, and and he got a walk out of it, but he that's 19 pitches to one batter in an inning, yeah. Like you're you're wearing that pitcher down, and and you're and you're getting him frustrated. That's an inning's worth of work. Exactly, you know, endeavors can be a little more selective on what he does, and. At a two strike count, if he can sit there and know, okay, two strike count, I'm not going to swing if it's here, but you know, 
it could be a little bit better for him. What are you thinking, George? Do, do you think do you think Devers has the ability to go forward? I do. I, offensively, he's due for one of the he's due for a mammoth season. Okay. Wouldn't be surprised if he hits between 35 and 40 home runs, knocks in. And I think by, I think you're right. Putting him in the third hole is the best spot for him. He will drive in more runs that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. 120, 125 perhaps. Okay. Look, and I'm going to go old school on you. Um, nobody will ever confuse Rafael Devers with Brooks Robinson at third base. Okay. Mm -hmm. Your goal is to have players around him like a story that can kind of limit where he has to move to and try to mm -hmm. keep his head in the game. You know, my thought is that if you can get him to serviceable, you're doing well. Okay. In three to four years, Rafael Devers is going to be a full-time DH because he doesn't have the skills to bring his defensive game up. At a certain point, he's going to be the serviceable is only going to go so far. He's going to begin to go the other way. Okay. So for the next three to four years, the Sox are going to have to make sure that he's, you know, that they can cover for him when they need to, let his offense carry, because God knows he's got the bat of the century. I mean, he can, he can knock the lights out. And if he, I want to see him go the other way, you know, and he can try balls out of the ballpark the other way. He just hasn't tried. But yeah, I, I think you get, I think you get a bit, a much better offensive performance this year. I think if the Sox can, you know, move him back in the order to one to, th to three, from two to three, and he gets more chances to drive in better uh, runners. So hey, I, I think you get a definite uptick with him this year. Now here, this next is what we're going to be talking about, is where I feel will be our one of our biggest hurts at the D eight spot. Yeah, you know, it, it, Alex Cora already said that he, Yoshida was probably going to be the DH most of the year, and last year we had JT. Now, JT, yeah. you had the leadership, you had the, you know, I'm, I'll play first. At his age, he's what thirty eight. Yep, yep. Uh, thirty seven. Yeah, thirty eight. Yeah, he played second base too. He played. He played the end of the season, the last month of the season. You know, with a hurt, was it a foot, Achilles, something like that? Heel? Something with his heel. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah, he was he was limping around for the last five six weeks of the season. So man, like I I don't get where the Red Sox are like okay Yoshida's our DH now, so instead of improving his stamina, get him implemented to okay every Monday is not a is not a day off like over in Japan, so mm -hmm. that he does not burn out. We're just gonna be like okay you just keep doing you and we're gonna put you at DH so you don't have to work as as hard. That's not a reward to me. That's not putting production in with me. You know, you to me, you have to, you have to. Okay, at the end of the year, you you tanked out. You 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 lost gas. You had no gas left in the tank at all. So what do you do in the off season to improve? You know, you don't reward him by okay. Well, you know, we're gonna sit there and put you in as a D eight spot. Okay. Look, in the outfield, do we have somebody that can that can take over his spot more comfortably? Possibly. Yeah. 
which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But at the DH spot, I think it's a big hit uh, from last year to this year. Uh, JT's numbers were were astronomically great. So, George, what about you? Yeah, I, I you lose you lose power for sure. Okay, mm-hmm. you your DH was up from the right side of the, the plate last year. Okay, mm-hmm. you haven't you haven't totally lost it out of the lineup because you know he played he was the every day left fielder last year, but you know you. You know, you lost. You know, you, you have to find balance someplace else. And as far as the endurance thing goes, you're right. I don't know what they did to, to fix that. Uh, yeah, he goes home to Japan. I don't, you know, I don't know what his workout regimen is. I, you know, it's not like players in the states where you can, you know, quickly hop a flight and go see somebody or whatever. Um, he's look. He's a tremendous hitter, and I think what we saw last year. I think plays this year. He's going to 15, 16, 17 home runs. He's going to drive in somewhere between 60 and 80 runs. Um, You know, not blessed with great speed, but can run the bases okay. He was an adequate left fielder last year. Okay. And then Mm -hmm. that's okay. I mean, some of the reports coming into when he showed up last year was uh, he's going to be a god awful left fielder. Uh, He wasn't. He was okay, you know. And he learned, you know, he tried, you know, he learned enough to play, especially if Fenway. He didn't play the wall that badly. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever. I think, I don't know what the Red Sox were trying to do. I, I wonder if they were trying to move him off this season, saying, hey, listen, you can get you somebody to hit you close to 300. And, you know, these are his stats. Uh, I think they saw the less than two dimensional player that he is. Uh, I don't know. It's you know I think they want some stability there, and they feel if he isn't running around the field, maybe he can last a little bit longer. Um, you know, we can get, again, I think we can talk about this at the All Star break, and I may have a different feeling, but yeah, I'm not I'm not so sure they did themselves any favors. Okay, so we're both we're both on on the board yeah. that they it's a massive downgrade at the DH spot. Yeah. So yeah, let, let's go let's go out to left field. Now, last year we got we, you just talked about him, George Yoshida. Uh, you know, he, he you said that he was an adequate arm out there, but this year we're probably going to be seeing Tyler O'Neill out there. You know, w- w- one half or you know one third of, of the bet of the, uh, the the Smash Brothers out there. You know, so uh, let's talk about him. Do you think that? what you're seeing or what you're, you know, what you could see from Tyler O'Neill out there uh, is an upgrade from last year's Yoshida. Yes. He's not, he's, he's, he's a very good defensive outfielder. Number one, he's a right-handed hitter. Number two. And, you know, I, I expect that he will do his best to put some serious dents in the, in the great monster. But yeah, he overall is a much better defensive player. He can play the corner. He can play, he can, he can play center field. You know, um, a little younger version than that, than Adam Duvall. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and yeah, do off defensively, he would be better in left field. Okay, so and, and hitting wise, uh, 
Yeah. He probably hit with more power. Yeah. I I I can I, I see O'Neal batting like fifth and, and be okay with it. You know? I, I, yeah. We're, we're, we're talking about a lineup, uh, you know, after we're done. But I, I can see him batting batting fifth, you know, with mm-hmm. that right-handed bat. Uh, I, I'm going to say it's going to be a slight upgrade, but not much, just because I'm worried about his his longevity, his health. So I will sit there and say it's a slight upgrade. Defensively, I think that, you know, his arm will be able to be an upgrade Yes. Uh, from Yoshida. But his health... You know, it, it, his health, could he be worse than Yoshida? You know, uh, would you rather have somebody that gets injured a lot or would you rather have somebody that doesn't have enough gas in the tank? You know, that, that that's that's kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's where, where I'm at. So let's go to center field. Now, last year we had started with, with Duvall and then we got a real quick, we, we changed gears. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like you, you, you're driving you're driving a a fast co- like a fast car that you think's fast, you yeah. know, a, 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 a nice Dodge Challenger. Then all of a sudden you get a flat tire, and your and, and your rental is a Lamborghini. And then we switched up and we got Jaron Duran real quick, you know. So so we we had Duvall and Duran last year, and. AC's already on the books saying he wants to see Sedone Raffaella play center. So I, I, I'm, I'm with AC. I really yeah, am. Okay. I saw him play in Portland. That kid can track down a fly ball. Okay. Mm-hmm. He hits it. He He's that natural center fielder, knows where it's going to go, takes the right route. Okay. Got a good arm to boot. All right. I mean, remember his he came up as a shortstop too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's he's got the arm, he track he tracks beautifully. Okay. Um I I I saw him the last time I saw him play, it was right before he got promoted to uh to, to Worcester. Uh you know, go get the go get a fly ball in the outfield with the best of them. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and yeah, I, I know that. Duran played really well when he came up. In the back of my mind, I still see the 2022 Duran. You know, he doesn't take good routes to the ball. Okay. His arm is okay. Um, I don't know if, you know, we saw the best of him last year. And that's why, in, you know, I, I'm, I pray that Jut doesn't edit me out of this portion because um, I know he's a huge Duran fan. Um, I, I, I wonder if we saw the best of what he could be and, you know, is, is it the opportunity to sell high on him? I just, defensively, Sinead Raphael is just head and shoulders above what Jaron Durandis is as an outfielder. And, you know, if you, if you can deal with that, if you can deal with the, just learning to hit major league pitching a little bit, he's got speed, you know, the two of them together. I mean, line them up. Okay. He, you know, him and Story and you know Raphael's story and Duran. And let's bring up David Hamilton and set it to a foot race. Yeah. Right? 
I like to have them all on my relay uh, on my four by relay team for sure. But uh, you know, yeah, they're I, I'm with AC in this defensively. You got to put them out there. Yeah, uh, man, it, it, that's tough. So in, in my mind, if if AC is already saying Raphael is your center fielder defensively, I think it could be an improvement because uh, Duran doesn't have the footwork of a center fielder. So that there could be a benefit numbers wise. You know, I, I think there, you, you might lose some home runs, but I think you get your stolen bases and your batting average up a little bit from center field. I, mm -hmm. I'm going to call it a push for myself. I, I, I'm going to say it's a push. Yeah. Uh, so, but he, here's, here's the big one, right field. Now how he left was not, but you can't, you can't take away what he did for the season. So, uh, yeah, what's going on, uh, uh, Aziz, uh, we're talking about right now, George and I are going around to compare last season's Red Sox team to this season's potential Red Sox team. And we're, we're, we're trying to see if, if they're at each position is if they're better than last year, worse than last year, or if it's a push. So right now, what we're just right, uh, summing up and finishing this up right now with right field last year, we had Verdugo and I still say he got snubbed for a gold glove. He's, mm -hmm. he saved so many runs against us uh, this year. I don't, if, if we're putting Sedane uh, Raffaella, nope, we're talking baseball uh, this year, uh, this time on the Pesky Podcast. Usually on, on BSEN, uh, we have four uh, different sport podcasts to cover each. Foxborough Fellows Podcast is the one that covers uh, the New, uh, New England Patriots. But right now we're talking about the Boston Red Sox. So, but overall, I, I think that we – you know, the runs he saved, the clutch moments, you know, last year, it's kind of hard. But if we're putting Raphael in center, that means are we putting Duran in right field? No. Are we putting Abre Abreu in right field? Like, which yes. one are we putting in, in, in right field? So I think, I think if you move Duran to left field, I think he'll be okay. Right field, if you can't handle center field, taking good routes, right field is going to kill you, okay? Um, Brayu played some uh, left, uh, right field last year. By all accounts, I thought he did I thought he did okay. Um, I think Tyler O'Neill, I think O'Neill could be your everyday right fielder, okay? Uh, you, you, kind you of like think Tyler is going to be a left? No. Nope. I think they're going to put him in right along with Abreu. And let if Durant stays with the team, and I think that's a big if now, um, at least in my opinion, um, I think he plays left because you cut down on the number of things he can do wrong. Okay, defensively. Okay. All right. Um, you know, I, I yeah. It, it, look, Verdugo played an excellent right field for you last year. He came up with some big mm -hmm. hits. So you lose in that regard. But what you gain, I think, is in the clubhouse. Okay? By the end of the last year, he did, he and, and when he shot his way out of town, um, 
you know, he, he proved he's a cement head, right? I mean, as I said, as I said, when, when he got traded, um, AC is going to be shipping down, you know, an 18 wheel trailer full of Tylenol and he'll be picking up Booney's bar bill when he goes down to New York. You know, it's like, he's your problem now. Um, yeah, you, 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 you like what he did in the field, but sometimes it could be addition by subtraction. And you know what? I, I the, the, Abreu, I wasn't sure what he was going to look like when he came up at the end of the season. But mm -hmm. you know what? If he was your everyday right fielder and he performed kind of like what he did at the end of the season, I'd be okay with that. He or O'Neill. You know, so yeah, I mean, certainly defensively, I think perhaps if you put O'Neill out there, it'll be slightly better than uh, Doogie, but we'll see. Uh, uh, I'm gonna have to go. It's a it's a downgrade, in my opinion. Overall, yes, but I think o o o overall, overall. I, I think it's a downgrade. Uh, and, and to touch on the the Doogie thing, like wh how he left was, you know, unprofessional. No. But when you're, and it seemed to me, like I don't know everything. I'm not in the clubhouse, but just from what, when you're being singled out day in and day out, it's either a you're a problem, or b you're the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Because the the not hustling, there's plenty of players. You know, you're paying a player three hundred million, and he doesn't hustle down the first base all the time, and he never bench gets benched. He sits there and doesn't understand or know when the glove a ball and when the bare hand the ball come into third base mm -hmm. on an angle. You never bench him, you know. So it, 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 it's either A, you're, you're a scapegoat, or B, you're, you're an actual problem, or it could, there could be a, maybe a gray area of both. But it, it's, it's something that defensively that, man, we just – it's crazy. Like, we, we're, that's a big loss. Mm -hmm. You know, his run saved was astronomical last year for us. So yeah. o overall, George, what are you thinking – you know, do you think do you think it, it we we improved enough overall? Like, I, I'm thinking it's going to be close to last year, maybe a slight uptick, but man, with 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 J, us losing JD Martinez overall as of right now, I, I I think it's only a barely slight uptick from a push. I think defensively, you're markedly better up the middle. By putting Rafaela in center field and Story back for a full season. Uh, offensively, you know, you're a couple of guys on one year deals. You know, those you know, generally those are the guys that generally perform really well. Um, I think you know O'Neill's. You know, he, he'll play his he'll play his heart out. Uh, you got you know a couple of young players who want to stick. Uh, yeah, I mean. Offensively, more or less the same. Maybe a few less home runs, but you're going to get more people on base and you get better speed. Okay? So they're going to have to manufacture some runs. 
defensively. I mean, you certainly couldn't be any worse than last year. So, yeah. So let's uh, let's sit there and talk a little bit about AC. AC, bam. Had a little interview this past That's week. Something we talk about it, but it hasn't happened, right? Uh, we still got a few weeks before opening day, right? Uh, in 2018, we were lacking the same thing, and two weeks into the spring training, boom, that happened, right? So, uh, you know, these people are working hard, They're trying to to trade for people, sign people, uh, you name it. They 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 done it. You know, it's not lack of work. You know, it just hasn't happened. So. Um, I think that's where we are as a business, right? Uh, it's not only us, you know, it's, it's 20, well, 26 or 27 other teams out there that, you know, if you look at what they've done, what have they done, right? And uh, as an industry, there's another topic, you know, we got, we got a lot of days here. We can talk about it, you know, it's been very slow. Uh, right now, you know, there's a guy in the West Coast that he's uh, controlling the market, right? And uh, he's been really good at what he does throughout the years, and uh, at one point, news are going to come out. Finished product with the roster right now. Um, close, but not close, right? Uh, it's only February 13th, and a lot of things can happen before opening day. Um, like I said, you know, we still got a few weeks to go, and, um, you know, it's, it's not over. Yeah, so, George, what, what are your thoughts? Do you think AC was just there to, uh, to take a bullet and, and, you know, he kind of repeated himself over and over again. So do you think he was just there to, to bite the bullet for, for uh, the brass above? Or do you really think there's a possibility that we get somebody like we did uh, late February with J.D. Martinez a couple years ago? Honestly, you know, this, this is the Scott Boris disease, and he referenced Scott in that statement. You know, there's somebody out there controlling the situation who's been very successful at it. You know, everybody remembers that J.J. Martinez didn't walk in until sometime in March, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, I think. I'm surprised the pitchers are putting up with this. I mean, th those are the guys that need spring training early to kind of get their get the, you know, get – get acclimated, get squared away, do, you know, work with new catchers, work with new pitching coaches. I mean, yeah, they're veterans and everything, but still, you know, get acclimated, find your way in the clubhouse and things like that. So I, you know, that, that's why I'm surprised that Snell and Montgomery haven't like pulled Boris aside and said, look, be, come up with a constructive and, and inventive way to get me on a ball club so I can get my stuff together. Right. Um, listen, you know, the way they could, that uh, contracts have been constructed, and particularly in this offseason with opt-outs and things like that, mm -hmm. it, you can construct yourself a decent uh, a decent contract in which you, you have control over your future, you know. And with the, the lack of good pitching and things like that, um, you know, these two guys are in the driver's seat. But, you know, it's the Boris's big thing is, you know, hold off for the top dollar, hold off for the top dollar. Uh, you know, like I said before, pitches are, cre uh, pitches are creatures of habit, man. So, 
Yeah, I, I, I expect I expect something's got to break. Okay, I mean, you know, you're not going to go into the start of the season with you know the Boris Five still out there. All right. So yeah, not not only do you have Montgomery Snell, but you have Chapman, you have Bellinger, Bellinger, like JD Martinez. Yeah, like you have all these, you know. So I I do like, and I am not one for for Rob Manfred at all, but. Rob Manfred went on the record, you know, he's saying he would prefer to have a free agency signing period, yep. ideally in December with a deadline. Like I well, you heard it here first. You heard it here first, right? Yeah, I, I, I would sit there and love, love to sit there and, and have a free agency period, mm -hmm. you know, have the, have it before February 1st. So what? So if the pitchers and catchers, boom, they can sit there and, and sign. Uh, I was reading a little more into this. Manfred said that he tried, like MLB tried to implement this. The Players Association wanted nothing of it, nothing, yep. because they don't want to have, like, and, and you would think, uh, why wouldn't they? Like, oh, well, we can drag this out. No, you're only hurting the team. And you're hurting your value, correct? Because, because yeah, I understand it's a business; it's about money. But if every free agency it takes you to March to sign, it, what, what, what's the problem? You know, right. there's all these teams: Montgomery, the Phillies, the Red Sox, um, mm -hmm. the Rangers. Like, come on now! There's three, four, five teams. All willing to want to sign them, and with a a free agency signing period, you would think it have a free agency signing period start at winter weekend mm -hmm. or winter meetings, winter meetings, and have it go for two weeks, three weeks, give it three weeks. Well, in twenty twenty three, well twenty twenty two, winter meetings heading into the twenty three season, you know, do it. Deals going off left and right. Not so much this exactly. past year. Exactly. And, and you know what? The, just the whole idea of a date, it hasn't hurt the NBA. It hasn't hurt the NFL. All right. You know, when the free agency periods open there, the NBA, you know what happens. Like this guy happens and this guy signs and the NFL, the same thing. You know, bang, 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 bang. All right. You know, this is the. This is more Scotty Boris's ego than anybody else's. I mean, you're starting to see it with the next tier of players who are free agency. You know, Merrifield signed with the Phillies today, right? Smart move. Mm -hmm. Deal with Dave does it again, right? As I said, if I'm if I'm if I was his client, I'd say, look, I, I want to put my roots down. You know, I, I want to get about my business. You know, let's go. Let's yeah. go. So. George, let's sit there and and they were able. Nesta was able to sit down with Andrew Bailey, so let's sit there and and hear what hear what they the questions they Looking asked. Looking at them. the bigger picture, take us through that process a little bit. How do you identify these things? What do you look for in a guy to try to get him to where he has been at his best in his career? Yeah, I think you can look through it from a multiple of lenses, um, from a biomechanics standpoint, from a from a usage standpoint, from a from a shape uh, standpoint, pitch shape standpoint, um, from a totality of an arsenal 
um, you know, Arsenal's adding a pitch isn't always the solve. Uh, sometimes subtracting a pitch and, and using uh, your, your other weapons a little bit more. Um, so first off, taking like an understanding of, um, sh you know, strikeout, walk and damage and understanding what we're trying to solve for, whether it be, you know, lefty, you know, damage or righty strikeouts or walk rates, um, understanding what, what we need to problem solve and then taking a look under the hood at, at each individual pitch type, um, you know, from an output standpoint, from 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 the metrics uh, and from the results as well. So blending all that together, uh, connecting with medical and strength and conditioning on, on how they're moving, our, our biomechanics group, um, and 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 helping them understand what the best version of themselves look. Yeah. So so George, what, what did you think about Andrew Bailey? Like, th there's a lot that goes into it. Like be, being. We've talked to so many pitchers, George, you and I, mm -hmm. Theo, CT, Hoppy, uh, you know, Maceo Campbell, Campbell. Uh, you know, Mike Carista even, and even, you know, going and talking to Steve Ferrari a little bit, you know, because you got to be able to, to know both sides of it, you know, when you're when we're talking about one of the greatest hitters of all time with Ted Williams. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, you think about it, there's a lot that goes in there. And, you know, the biometrics, he said, yeah. it's, it's not, not, sometimes it's not just adding a pitch. Sometimes you got to take away a pitch to make the other ones more effective. So do you think that our pitching staff that we have now, you know, Tanner, how he, he was a two pitch, uh, two pitch pitcher trying to start games, to, you know, that maybe they're looking at him to bring a third pitch in. Uh, we talked to Theo, you know, and, and he was working on, on a, a, a slider and stuff right. like that. So do, do you think that with bringing Bailey in, having Breslow, and then just dissect each pitcher we have and try to help the mechanics, help the biometrics, and, and help the stats elevate, that could also give us an advantage of, yeah, we didn't go out and get you a Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell. But if we're we're gonna fix each pitcher, make him twenty percent better, twenty five percent better, to you know go out there and eat more innings. Do you think that 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 could be a, a huge benefit for us in the long run? Oh sure. I mean, pitching is a craft, okay. But there's an, there's so many factors that go into it strength and conditioning, you know, the ability to put the ball where you want it to go. Um, you know, as you said, sometimes it's not adding a pitch. Sometimes it's, you know, if you say you're throwing five pitches and you should really only be throwing four and concentrating on mixing those up because those four happen to be your best, then you do that, okay? Um, they boiled it down to a science. And, you know, they, mm -hmm. they started that with the guys that they've hired in the background, all right? And Bailey's already demonstrated when he was in San Francisco, he can turn some guys around, all right? And that is that is huge. I mean, you stop and take a look at the Red Sox rotation last year. Beginning of the year, you know, Pavetta was not having his best. They put him in the bullpen. He kind of goes in that hybrid role, develops that sweeper at some point, and suddenly he has taken to his he has taken his game to a new level and has put himself back in the starting rotation. 
And not only he's acknowledged it, the club has acknowledged it as well. Maybe Bailey is kind of like the, the pitching whisperer, you know, gets in these guys' heads and says, if you do this, let's do it. Let's watch. And that's the thing I'm excited to see with these spring training games, especially with the guy comparing the guys that we had on the staff last year, mm -hmm. you know, the Winkowskis, right? That they want to try to make him a starter. He's certainly got the stuff to be a starter. He throws hard and he can place the ball where he wants. You know, we talked about it last year. You know, perhaps he's a setup guy, right? Mm -hmm. Don't know. But he's got a good arm. Hauk, I there's a piece of me that still thinks he belongs in the bullpen, right? You know, they've got they want to see what they can do to 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 improve it. Because what killed them last year was starting pitching. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, you had Paxton who ran out of gas because he hadn't pitched in two and a half years, right? Corey Kluber, God love him, have a nice retirement, buddy. All right. He just never brought it to the game. Right. So you're going with two openers in late July and early August. You, you know, you, you, you're setting your bullpen on fire at that point. You're never going to recover. Innings are important. And that's why I, last year I was such a defender of Nick Pavetta because he was an innings eater. Last year he was number two in the staff behind Bayo. And he would have been number one had he stayed in the rotation. And, and, and George, let's sit there and bring this up. You know, Alex Cora was asked if Nick Pavetta has separated himself from the pack of Whitlock, Alf, and Crawford. His answer was a resounding yes. He says Pavetta looks as good as he's ever seen him. So as of right now, he could be our number three. You know what I mean? And that is fantastic uh, to see that because, mm -hmm. man, like I, I love that. And you brought up. Well, you know, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of his. Okay. But. Yeah, he has separated. He he showed it when he came back, and when he had that slide, when he came back with that slide, I think it was the lights out. So yeah. you know, he, he belongs in the rotation again. Do you think it would be wrong, George? Okay, we try to stretch out Wink. Okay, but now, and 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 on the roster we have, you know, say we got Bayo, Gioletto, Pavetta, Cutter mm -hmm. Crawford. Yep. Okay. Then you got Winkowski, mm -hmm. you've got Whitlock, you got Hauk. You got seven people that you could possibly use as a starter and still have a great bullpen because you got Chris Murphy, you got Bernardino, mm -hmm. you got Martin, you got Jansen, you got Schreiber. Like you got you got a good bullpen still, but it, it but it, hey, you know. Uh, Cutter Crawford or Gioletto need, need an extra, day, you know, an extra mm -hmm. day off. Okay, fine. We'll throw Winkowski in there. You know what I mean? And and and, and let him take five, six innings. Like, do you, do you think something like that would it would be a benefit for them to where they're they're not eating up their bullpen, but they're also not pushing the starters if they know they can't go three, you know, if they can't go five, six, seven innings. And he can only go two or three. Why sit there and, and waste uh, a start on him where they could get eaten up? I 
I think one of the things Bailey is going to try to introduce to the staff is pitching efficiency. Okay. Um, Bale threw, I think, 157 innings last year. Mm-hmm. His next step should be 170. All right. I, I would think 175. Fine. But in that area, Pavetta, mm-hmm. 180. Giolito, 180. Okay. Now, you, you said it quite a few times. Cut a Crawford, take the training wheels off. Okay. Does he benefit from a different person in his ear? You know, say, hey, you know what? You know, start, you know, mix it up a little bit better. Start throwing this a little bit more. You become more effective. Okay. You know, getting first pitch strikes and, you know, you know pitch to contact if you have to. Your defense is going to be better. Um, but, yeah, I think they've got to have a solution to have a five-man rotation with two guys that can do swing duty. And Whitlock is not one of those guys. He belongs in the bullpen. He's a little bit fragile. Okay, and I'd rather, I mean, I'd rather see him in short bursts doing well and trying to stretch him out and have him get injured or whatever. He's a great athlete and all the rest, but I think he's be, he's better in a short in, in a in a short description of what he's going to do than he is as, as a starter. Yeah, last year, Carter Crawford, one hundred twenty nine point one innings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. in my opinion, his next one's one fifty. 155, yep. something like that, you know. Uh, so by all those numbers going up, Rick, mm-hmm. it means that your bullpen numbers come down, okay? You're not burning guys out. They become, they stay fresher. They don't suddenly after two days use, you might be able to start some of them on three if they absolutely needed to. But you get the mixture in there so no, guys gets, no guy gets overworked. And that's the key. And we know – that AC is a bullpen burner. He can't mm-hmm. help it. All right. It's just yeah. part of what he is. So the best way to protect that against that is to have starters who can give you some protection. And if you're only having to protect three innings at the end of the, you know, at the end of the game, it's easier than trying to protect four. Much better if you're only trying to protect two. Yeah. But if you can get somewhere between two and three innings that you're protecting at the end of the game, you're already way ahead of the game. So, well, George, our time is up for the for this week on the Pesky Podcast. So, guys, make sure you check us out tomorrow night on at BSEN 617 over on uh, YouTube where we'll be doing our BSEN roundtable where we're going to be covering – not only the Red Sox and talking, we're going to be talking about the Patriots. We're going to talk about the draft. We're going to be talking about the Bruins. We're going to be talking about the Celtics. You know, we're going to be talking about all of our Boston sports needs. Not only that, make sure you head on over to our uh, at bsen.square.site. Uh, Here is the QR code to where, bam, rate of, there we go. Scan that QR code, get on over, uh, okay. get a merchandise. Bam, you can get yourself your Halkamania shirt. Uh, we just dropped a brand new Devers, uh, Devers World Order shirt. So we got some great merchandise there. Uh, and make sure you sit there and tell everybody, you know, follow us 
and subscribe to us. Uh, you never know well what we're going to be having. So, George, any final thoughts? No, this is great to finally talk. You know, get excited to see some real baseball starting soon. Um, I'm excited. Uh, hopefully, the logjam of free agency ends soon, and we can talk about all of that. But yeah, it's it's good to finally talk baseball in depth again. So, yeah. So, guys, make sure make sure you check us out next week. Uh, next week is our one year anniversary show. Which, good lord, I can't believe DC, myself, and uh, you, George, have been yeah. doing this for a year. Uh, I'm actually proud of that because most podcasts end uh, covering a sport during the off season. We was able to truck through. Uh, we've gained a lot, and I mean a lot, of friendships along mm -hmm. the way. So, and we're gonna be going through uh, some of those down memory lane next year. So, but for the OG George Sutherland and myself, the Rit. Check us out next time on the Pesky Podcast.